to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 227, starting off security news. Vice and HBO teamed up to do a great documentary on automated sensors and analytics in China, which is basically full-on dystopian surveillance. There's a little piece in there about the Vice reporter asking why the name of a product was Skynet. And she was like, yeah, what's the difference between the bad Skynet in the movie and the Skynet that you have here that's watching everyone and controlling everything? And he's like, well, in the movie, Skynet was bad, and here it's good. And there's kind of this pause, and it's just hilarious. Then they bring up Black Mirror by name. In fact, she says, basically, how, how do you see this system? What do you see it looking like? And he's like, well, have you ever seen Black Mirror? And she's like, yeah, I've seen Black Mirror. He's like, well, it's kind of like that. And she's like, yeah, but that was a dystopia. That was horror. That was a really bad idea. And he's like, yeah, I think that's kind of the future. It was startling. You should definitely check it out. India is having all of its workers, both government and private, use an official contract tracing app to help maintain social distancing. The UK has given GCHQ special dispensation to access NHS's IT systems to protect it during the pandemic. That's the National Health Service in the UK. Banjo is a AI-powered surveillance company out of Utah that has a number of contracts in that state and elsewhere. A number of customers have suspended their contracts now, though, after learning that the CEO was associated with the KKK in his past and participated in a shooting of a synagogue in his youth. Singapore is moving to require smartphone check-ins at all businesses tied to the visitor's national ID number. That would probably be something that the U.S. would do if we were small enough to and organized enough to. And if we had national ID numbers that were tied to digital IDs like South Korea or some of these other places. Some really cool analysis from the New York Times shows that non-COVID-related death rates have jumped massively in recent weeks as compared to the previous five years, like some of the death rates are up like 50% or something, indicating that some major percentage of those are probably COVID-related, just haven't been tagged as such yet. Bruce Schneier doesn't think contact tracing will work. It's not that he's objecting due to privacy reasons, he's just saying he doesn't think the tech itself will work due to problems with false positives and false negatives on the ID side, which I think makes sense, but My first inclination is to think that he's wrong about this. I think it probably still will work. Actually, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think we've already seen some success in other places. Israel, South Korea, maybe Germany. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, these things don't require perfection to be effective. It's like mass or social distancing in that way. It's just a layer. And if we get any sort of benefit from it, I I think it'll be deemed as useful. In the U.S., is sending ships into disputed waters in the South China Sea. And this is all happening within the context of China getting more and more aggressive, both in the China Sea, but basically in their hacking attempts, in their uh, 
stealing attempts in their diplomacy, in their colonialism type moves in Africa, like everything's scaling up. And I've posted a few times a number of articles doing analysis on this new paradigm for China. They've basically said, okay, enough is enough. We're going to become alphas on this planet. And here are the multi-pronged strategies that we're using to do that. And we're seeing this very clearly. We're seeing extremely strong moves by them. So part of that is getting more aggressive in the South China Sea. And the U.S. is sending uh, ships in there to interact with them and be in the same space. I really hope this doesn't add to our list of problems by starting a war with China. That would not be pleasant. Breaches. The ghost blogging platform was compromised using recent SALT vulnerabilities, and attackers inserted code that mined cryptocurrency. And the SALT vulnerabilities, we'll talk about the advisories, but it's basically server management software. So if you have your server cluster being managed by SALT and you don't uh, fix your SALT problems, someone can get in there and uh, manage your servers in a way that you don't want. And that's what happened to Ghost, and they got compromised with some crypto mining stuff. And Indonesia's largest store, Tokopedia, just had 15 million records leaked. And under advisories, yeah, number one, Salt has a CVSS 10 vulnerability. So if you own Salt, definitely patch it. Adobe patched some issues with Illustrator, Bridge, and Magento. And WordPress had some serious problems up to and including admin level RCE. So make sure you get updated to 5.4.1 if you're not there already. And technology news. LinkedIn has developed an AI tool that analyzes your responses to interview questions and tells you how you can improve. USB 4 will support 8K and 16K displays. I'm not sure if that's coming this year. I think it might be the beginning of 2021. Google Meet is about to be free for anyone with a Gmail account, and Facebook is launching its Zoom competitor as well. This will bring both companies, I think, into some serious conversations around antitrust and monopoly, given the fact that they're leveraging their massive platforms to compete, maybe unfairly in the eyes of judges, with companies like Zoom and WebEx. And Brad Pitt's SNL monologue skit was shot on a prototype of Red's new 6K Komodo camera, which is supposed to sell for around $5,000. Looked pretty cool. Looked kind of massive, though. But I guess if you're trying to shoot movies, it's pretty small. And AWS hit $10 billion for the quarter. That's AWS, $10 billion for the quarter, not Amazon, just AWS. And Walmart is launching two-hour delivery service at multiple stores. Definitely uh, not giving up on the fight against Amazon, which is cool. And the U.S. has ruled that AI cannot be recognized as an inventor. Human news, a lot of parents are deciding to just give up on teaching their kids this year because doing it at home is far too stressful. What if there's a middle ground here of mandated educational content like Khan Academy, history documentaries, stuff like that? There's so many good ones that could actually pass as entertainment instead of education. I wonder if that's a good punt for parents who just can't manage this. And evidently, there's a new type of Asian hornet that's possibly about to infest the U.S., and the worst part is it doesn't just like eat crops or something. It actually takes out bee populations, which already have enough trouble. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has sold all of its U.S. airline shares. And this is after they just kind of recently got in around 2006 after ignoring the whole space. So they got in and just got massively burnt just now by the pandemic. 
And after the horrible mass shooting in Canada, Trudeau has banned 1,500 different types of assault weapon. And finally, Amazon is releasing a new MMO-style CTF game called New World. It's kind of like a tower defense game, really, but it's MMO level. Looks pretty interesting. Ideas, trends, and analysis. I wrote a piece called Opening versus Closing is a False Dichotomy. You should check that out if you got a chance. Death of the Office. So someone else's piece was pretty good. Basically, probably what you're thinking. I mean, we've been seeing lots of articles about this. It's basically saying that what does it really mean to maintain office space now when so many people are going to be kind of flexibly working from home? And what about the open air office thing that everyone hated anyway, like the open office plan where everyone's just coughing in each other's faces, basically? That seems like that's going to go away. Even if you are in office, we might double down on partitions as opposed to removing them especially since no one liked him anyway. Next one here, this is a perfect time for VR, but good gear is still too expensive for most people. And got a stat here that says less than 2% of Steam users own VR headsets, which if anyone's going to own them, it's going to be that group and less than 2%, that's not good. Just a big adoption problem with VR. You need enough people to have them and you also need enough titles. And that's just, you know, a race that, Eventually, we'll get one, but it doesn't seem extremely close. Although, this situation could accelerate that. Chill playlists have become very popular. And looking at my music history, I can definitely confirm that anecdotally, at least. And I feel like there's this massive Amazonification happening right now that will be magnified significantly by this pandemic's fallout. In general, we say we're going to have a recession or a depression, but there are really two signals there. There's the bottom 50% they are going to suffer greatly, and the top 10 to 20% might actually take more of the benefits that used to be distributed. Tens of thousands of businesses have to close, right? Well, Amazon and Walmart benefit from that. Millions of people are going to lose their jobs, of course, but the people with great skills and great jobs become more sought after when that happens, and they become more valuable. Basically, this whole thing could multiply the advantages of those on top while decimating those on the bottom. It'll make all the wins and losses more extreme. And what this will do to everything from the business world to our psychology to our politics will be massive. And finally, an idea is here. As the world lasts at the U.S., China is looking to take advantage of our diminished status. In 2016, I predicted that Russia would do this, and I predicted that Russia was basically helping Trump get elected because that would lead to a decline in American leadership and supremacy and that Putin would try to take advantage of that. Maybe he's too busy or maybe he's doing it quietly and I'm just not enough of an expert to see him doing it. But it appears China is absolutely doing this. They have stepped up their game and decided to kind of try to seize the reins in a lot of, lot of different theaters. So it'd be really interesting to watch this. Updates. Finally finished A Dinner with Andre, which is a movie with two people sitting and talking. I think it's in black and white. When you get over how different the movie is, you can actually appreciate it for what it is, which is a philosophical conversation between a couple of friends. I actually like those conversations, both being part of them and even observing them. So I'd happily watch more of them. The jarring part of it is calling it a movie because you think a movie is going to be something else. I think the mediums are simply mixing more now. I could easily see a series of these 
as like video podcasts where people are just talking. And we already have those actually. And maybe some that are composed and performed, which look like video podcasts, but they're actually kind of scripted and, and performed. I think that would be cool. Kind of like what they did with a dinner with Andre. While we're still unable to go back to work, I'm going to try and get through a bunch of series that I never got around to, like The Wire and West Wing. And yes, I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes at me. And I've done yet another update to my audio production on the show, this time doing a much deeper exploration into the recommendations of NPR's top audio engineer. Wrote a post about the changes, which you can check out on the site. And uh, if you are into audio, let me know what you think. Essentially, what you should be hearing is something more clear and less bassy. So just um, more dynamic and more honest, basically clear, crisp sound, as opposed to like the steep rumbling sound, which a lot of people go for, but turns out isn't so great for listening to on the radio or on a podcast. So let me know what you think if you're into that kind of thing. And discovery, anyone looking to defend their network when they don't have perfect detection and response in place, including on your home network, should, in my opinion, be checking out Canary Tools by Thinkist. They're juicy Canary tokens that you basically sprinkle around your network and environment, and that will alert you if someone goes messing with them. And I'm actually getting ready to do a redeployment of these myself. It's just been my favorite control for like, I don't know, five or 10 years, however long they've been around. I just think it's really, really efficient. You could just walk into a network that you don't even know anything about, drop these around, and you can get some signal very quickly uh, if you have malicious actors on the network. It doesn't solve all your problems, but it's a very quick way to get some signal when you don't have any from a detection and response capability. Ideally, you'd have both, obviously. Got a link here to my new manual coffee grinder, which is the Kinu M47. This thing is German engineering. It's like German engineering, but for coffee. It is like the most enjoyable thing to operate. It's just fantastic. I think I'm finally coming to the end of my most recent coffee product discovery situation. I ordered like probably 15 different coffees, got my manual grinder situation fixed, got my automatic grinder situation fixed, got a Vario W by Baratza. So I think I'm done buying stuff related to coffee for a while but I'm still going to be watching more Coffee YouTube. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. And got a stunning look at the same scenes shot with both a regular and telephoto lens. This is a really cool article. It shows how you could tell completely different stories by changing the perspective. So basically what they did is they showed people standing right next to each other in a line, um, basically telling a story that someone that this town or this city or this business, whatever, wasn't honoring social distancing. Well, then they took the exact same photo with a regular lens and it showed that they were like six or eight feet apart. They did the same thing on a patch of grass. And instead of seeing people like literally sitting on the same picnic blanket, they're actually sitting, you know, dozens of feet away from each other. And it was jarring, not just from a photography standpoint, but from the standpoint of, okay, what other mediums are able to tell a story in one way, which appears completely truthful because your eye or your ear or your brain is giving you a, a clear signal when the reality is exactly the opposite or the opposite of the narrative that your brain generated for you. And it's 
nowhere more stark than with a camera because it's like, okay, light hit the sensor. It's telling me the truth. And you just have to watch out for that. And I immediately jumped to, okay, what other things are lying to me as much as this camera lens? And uh, if anyone has any ideas there, I'd love to hear them. Got the most popular phone interview question at Google, which I'll just give you a spoiler. It's how would you detect the first repeated character in a string? And the answer is pretty interesting. So long and thanks for all the ZSH. Yara 4 just got released with a bunch of updates. How to get NPR level clarity in your podcast. This is a piece that I just did that I referred to earlier in the audio section. Scott Helm documents his updated Ubiquity home network. Him and Troy Hunt have been talking a bunch about Ubiquity lately. Seems like they both redid their Ubiquity home networks at the same time. I've got a piece of Ubiquity gear. It's uh, quite good. Actually, they're adding tons of functions. Seems like they're adding like a bunch of enterprise-y firewall functions right into their software. So I really like what they're doing. A history of Russian bot activity. This is from a blogger who used to live in Russia and came over a long time ago. And he basically documented all the way back to, I think, 2010, 2010s-ish, all the way up to 2019. Really cool piece. SSH tips and tricks. Discovering your spouse's annoying work personality. I just love the title. The article's good as well. And got a Udemy course on ethical hacking for $20, which is 75% off. And got a tool here, OSSEM, a tool for assessing data quality. And it's got multiple dimensions that it's looking at. Recommendation for the week. Really enjoyed this episode of Sam's podcast where he interviews James Clear, which is the author of Atomic Habits, which is the absolute best book on habits I've ever read. And I've read like tons of them. I think I wrote um, a summary for this, but I definitely talked about it before in podcasts. But he brought the author on and interviewed him. So if you're not into reading books, but you still want to get the benefit of this book in particular, you should definitely listen to that podcast. And the aphorism for the week, a good thing can't be cruel. A good thing can't be cruel. Charles Dickens. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe inserted ads are not just annoying, but that their business model is toxic to content creation. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmisor.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already done so. Each of you is participating in the direct model of creator support that is helping this show survive and grow. And I greatly appreciate you. We'll see you next time.